Please be seated. Well, here we are on the cusp, um, on the edge, looking in at the outset on Ash Wednesday. We were all invited to Holy Lent. I hope it has been a beneficial time for you, as it has been for me. Now it is time for a different invitation. I've been doing a great deal of thinking. This is a topic that many colleagues and I have talked about before. We've spoke often about being present in the moment, which seems like something you do all the time, but I find more and more while I'm in conversation with people that either they or I are not present in the moment. So here is a 50-cent word for you this week to try it out at parties. Uh, You'll get no recognition whatsoever. The word is anamnesis. Bring that one out to your friends and you'll be the hit of the party, or you'll be a geek like me, which is probably the truth. But I've embraced it. Uh, It's a Greek word, anamnesis, which means a rich remembering. And I've used it in sermons before. In a sense, it means to stop time and place yourself in a moment in the past to physically remove yourself from being present in the here and now and to place yourself somewhere else. It's something that we do every Sunday, actually, in the Eucharist. We sort of freeze time in that moment and put ourselves back with our Lord on the Last Supper. Anamnesis, a rich remembering. We walk through all of the steps of what he did and what he said and we, we take, we eat. And um, that's what that moment is. And I'd like to invite you to that this week as we're on the cusp of Holy Week. It's a rich remembering of the account of the life and death of our Lord. It's not resurrection yet. We're not there. We need to stop and be present in this moment and linger a while. We want to be present at the Last Supper, the Passover, the one that our Lord celebrated that is now referred to as Monday, Thursday. I hope that you'll come to the service. There we will mark and be present with a rich remembering as he institutes a new Passover and a new commandment, love one another as I've loved you. You'll have the opportunity to put yourself in a place of vulnerability as you are in the time when we will eat a new meal, but with that, without bitterness, not without bitterness, at least not for now. You'll be invited to have your feet washed, which is the most vulnerable of things. I'd like to invite you to Good Friday, to be present in the time when our Lord will be crucified in the sight of all. You, me, all who have gone before, and all who are to come. I am fond of saying, though it belongs to an author, and not I can't claim it as my own, but I say it a great deal, that you cannot see the cross as something done for you until you see it as something done by you. And so on Good Friday, what you see is our complicitness in the action. I invite you to come and be present. Let me invite you to taste the vinegar 
on the end of the hyssop, to see the tears of blood, to feel the anguish, to glimpse upon the cross and look at the face of Jesus, that precious face, and to say what I seem to say every year. I always think I'm going to say something different in the midst of that moment, but I seem to say the same thing every year on Good Friday. How could you do this for me? And why would you do this for me? We have ushered him into the city today. Hail the king. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. We will celebrate the Passover with him. And then not to be cruel or crude, but within five days we'll turn, deny, and we will place him on the cross. A rich remembering, I think, is in order. If you've never walked through Holy Week, let me invite you for the first time to go through it in its totality, the three days, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday with the Vigil, sometimes referred to as the Triduum. It is my firm belief that if you walk through those days, being present in those moments, so precious and so full of pain, you can then glimpse upon the great love and miracle of it all, for which I cannot and will not now speak. We are headed to the cross, and so, like on Ash Wednesday, when you're invited to Holy Lent, let me invite you to the observance of remembering richly the final days of our Lord by marking your presence here as we worship together and contemplate these great mysteries. Even if, or maybe especially if, you have not made the best effort this Lent, and even more so walk through this week, and let me and the rest of your clergy be your guides. I do not have a love-hate relationship with Lent. I have a love relationship with Lent, but there are years when I care less about it, and there are years when I care a great deal about it. This year was a great deal, but I've had years where I could kind of eh, take it or leave it. It's another season. And I think sometimes we're all like that. And there are a great deal of Episcopalians who don't hold a lot of stock in it at all. It's perfectly a fine, valid viewpoint. If that's your viewpoint, then let me invite you to this week, at the very least, to walk through it. I think we owe it to ourselves to contemplate the last days of our Lord and Savior. When I was a child growing up and a teenager and even into my early 20s, I knew Palm Sunday because I was not raised Episcopalian. I knew Palm Sunday as a day on the calendar because it said Palm Sunday on the calendar. And I never really knew what it was. And even when I became an Episcopalian at first, probably for the first few years, I probably didn't realize what it was. And then I began to realize that it was the day that we we ushered him in as the King of Kings and the waving of palms, where obviously it gets its name, the importance, the beginning of the week of what is to come. Therein lies the most uh, beautiful of things and the most wretched of things at the same time. Hard to grasp, hard to put our arms around. It's not that it's a mystery. It's not. It is exactly as it seems. All of these days go exactly as they seem. There's nothing hidden from you. 
Jesus doesn't suddenly speak in a parable again in the midst of this week. He speaks plainly to you and to them. So there's a quote that I use every year, and I'm just thinking last night it's time to retire it because this would be year number 10. Um, But I'm so fond of the quote. Uh, It's from a Roman Catholic writer by the name of Ida Goras, and I use it on Palm Sunday every year. I'd like to read it to you if you'll hear it out for a moment. Holy Week is beginning again, and here I am once more, feeling so unadjusted to it, so utterly inadequate. Not that heart of stone feeling, simply the sense of being out of proportion, something momentous like the Niagara Falls is thundering down right beside me, and there I stand with a thimble in my hand, and I'm supposed to dip it and collect something, catch it up and assimilate it, reacting properly goodness knows how. But if you hold a cup under a waterfall, it's not only knocked right out of your hand, but empty to boot. The rushing, tumbling water simply rebounds. The only scooping of anything at all is to hold the cup up carefully at the very edge under a lost, thin trickle. I feel like that's the best that most of us can do and the grasp of something so huge that it will forever change humanity is to find a lost thin trickle. So I hope you'll join me and the rest of us this week to search for that, to find it. It's only then that we can stand with our faces towards the sun and greet our Lord for who he is and what he does, the Savior of humanity, the one who loves us in spite of ourselves. It is then, after the Last Supper, after the Good Friday, that we will bend our knee and our tongue shall confess on heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you.
of the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. <clears throat> 